0: Hi, I'm Ali, salon director at the Head Garden Hair Salon in Inverness, and I'm delighted to be sponsoring this brilliant new podcast called Lump. It's honest, raw, challenging, funny, and very, very sweary. But let's face it, cancer is a bit bloody sweary. One last thing, make sure you rate, like, and share Lump wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks a million. And over to Penny. Get thee to the spare room. As July rolls into August, my inability to say no to visitors means more and more people land at our door, and I progressively become more and more exhausted, emotionally, physically, mentally wrecked. In the space of one week, we make pizza out on the deck with cycling friends Lee and Alice. Bestie Ali arrives. My colleague Helen and family drop by for hurriedly baked scones and a swim in the loch, alongside my swimming buddy Nikki. We throw a barbecue for some local pals. My cousin Dom and his family come to stay in an Airbnb at the top of the croft. In the midst of all this, one of my oldest friends from Edinburgh also stops by. It feels at once wonderful, nourishing and... Utterly overwhelming. I want to see all these people, and with lockdown loosened, I understand their need to see me, to touch, press, hug, show that they understand and know what we've been through. Their love and support is so important to me. But at the same time, I realize that I'm in danger of drowning in it. When things finally quieten, I lie in a heap, flattened by the exertion of it all, sick with tiredness and dreading the fact that I've committed to returning to work the following week. I've done it again, pushed and pushed and pushed myself until I'm broken. I'm not sure why I do it. Is there something in me which can only feel alive by living a beyond-full life? Why can't I feel satisfied without everything spilling over? I'm furious with myself for continually looping back round to getting myself into this terrible state, but I genuinely don't know how to stop it from happening. The inertia when it comes is a forced one. Work. But not the work I was used to six months earlier before my operation. My return to work means I sit in the spare room and stare at an endless series of other people's spare rooms in an endless sequence of Zoom meetings, none of which seem to mean much to me. I feel utterly disconnected. Strategy meetings centering around pandemic health and safety regulations replace creativity. I feel slight panic at how little any of it means. I hadn't expected to feel so removed. Floating between the spare room and the kettle, then back to the spare room, I wonder how I'll ever feel enough energy to start making programmes again, let alone managing my team members and supporting them through all this crap. It's like constantly wading through treacle. The loosening of lockdown also means B returns to school. Each morning she leaves at a quarter to eight to wander down the track to meet the bus. And I wander aimlessly and too early, into the spare room. When I went on sick leave, pre-op and pre-pandemic, back at the start of March, I was confident in my job, purposeful in my interactions with my team. I'd continued making as many programmes as I possibly could, right up to that point when cancer overwhelmed my thought processes too much for me to be able to conjure up ideas and scripts and solutions. But even then... I remember reassuring my colleagues, pressing on them the idea that I'd be back by mid-May at the very latest. Instead, here I am in the middle of August, nervous, shaken, unsure how to fit back into the hole I left behind. I feel there's part of me missing and it's not just my left breast. Cancer has eaten away at my self-confidence and self-belief. I'm not sure I can do this anymore. Dan, My friend in Jobshare spends long hours on Skype and Zoom, slowly nudging me back into the way of things, coaxing me gently into the language, life, ebb and flow of the BBC. And I do try. I try hard to re-engage the passion and compassion. Try my best to listen to my colleagues' frustration and isolation and empathise with the all-too-frequent technical irritations of trying to make radio from front rooms, back rooms and bedrooms, on laptops and over long distances. But their negativity and backbiting hits me like a slap. A small voice whispers in the background, Does this really matter? Seriously? It's just radio. You all have jobs. You have your health. People are dying from Covid and losing their businesses. Stop fucking complaining. I call Dan. You have to look out for me being a bastard about all this, I say. I'm not sure any of it feels important enough. And he laughs and he says he'll message if I'm being a bitch. If I'm honest, I'm not really certain whether this is the big sea poking its nose in again muttering darkly that nothing can be that important compared to cancer. Or whether this is all stuff that I wouldn't have cared about anyway. Who knows? Maybe the pre-cancer me would have turned to them all and told them to get over themselves. I don't really want to be that person who weighs up everyone else's crap against their own battles and wins. This is not about playing top trumps with how short your straw is. But maybe there is an element that I want to shake them out of the slightly obsessive navel-gazing and point them at the horizon and remind them that life is flipping bloody marvellous. So start enjoying it a bit more. It does get better as the weeks go on, and I'm more in the mix of things, starting to plan the next series of brainwaves, thinking through the problems of how I'll present it from home, contacting contributors. Then, just as we're thinking through our first interviews and recordings, my boss calls, and tells me gently to press the pause button because they're giving me the redundancy I requested back in July. In the quiet of the spare room, as I gaze out over the loch to the shore and the hills beyond, she tells me how much they've valued all I've done over the years, how much I'll be missed. And I hear her and I don't hear her because I'm at once utterly relieved and totally floored with the grief of what I'm about to leave and lose. After 25 years, half my life, I'm going to be leaving the BBC. And for the second time this year, my world is upended. Hi, this is Amy from The Head Gardener. If you're enjoying Lump Podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcast and share it with everyone you know. Because let's face it, cancer affects everyone around us in one way or another. We hope you enjoy listening to Lump as much as we all do. So next time you're in the salon, tell us how much you're loving Lump Podcast and we'll give you a free gift. Coming up in the next episode. This poor body has been through hell these past few months. And I'm bored and tired with beating myself up. It's not a fat, ugly body. It's a strong, powerful, capable body. And I've decided to give it a break. Lump is written and presented by Penny Stewart and produced by Adventurous Audio.